Chapter 53 of Strange Stories from a Chinese Studio, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by J. Olpecker. Strange Stories from a Chinese Studio, Volume 1, by Song Ling Pu. Translated by Herbert Allen Giles. Chapter 53 The Rat Wife. Si Shan was a native of Kao Mi and a trader by occupation. He frequently slept at a place called Meng-i. One day he was delayed on the road by rain, and when he arrived at his usual quarters it was already late in the night. He knocked at all the doors, but no one answered, and he was walking backwards and forwards in the piazza when suddenly a door flew open, and an old man came out. He invited the traveller to enter, an invitation to which Si Shan gladly responded, and, tying up his mule, he went in. The place was totally unfurnished, and the old man began by saying that it was only out of compassion that he had asked him in as his house was not an inn. "'There are only three or four of us,' added he, "'and my wife and daughter are fast asleep. "'We have some of yesterday's food, "'which I will get ready for you. "'You must not object to its being cold.' "'He then went within, "'and shortly afterwards returned with a low couch which he placed on the ground, begging his guest to be seated, at the same time hurrying back for a low table, and soon for a number of other things, until at last Si Shan was quite uncomfortable, and entreated his host to rest himself a while. By and by a young lady came out, bringing some wine, upon which the old man said, Oh, our Achen has got up. She was about sixteen or seventeen, a slender and pretty-looking girl, and as Si Shan had an unmarried brother, he began to think directly that she would do for him. So he inquired of the old man his name and address, to which the latter replied that his name was Ku, and that his children had all died save this one daughter. "'I didn't like to wake her just now, but I suppose my wife told her to get up.' Si Shan then asked the name of his son-in-law and was informed that the young lady was not yet engaged, at which he was secretly very much pleased, 
a tray of food was now brought in evidently the remains from the day before and when he had finished eating si shan began respectfully to address the old man as follows i am only a poor wayfarer but i shall never forget the kindness with which you have treated me let me presume upon it and submit to your consideration a plan i have in my head my younger brother san lang is seventeen years old he is a student and by no means unsteady or dull may i hope that you will unite our families together and not think it presumption on my part i too am but a temporary sojourner replied the old man rejoicing and if you will only let me have a part of your house i shall be very glad to come and live with you si shan consented to this and got up and thanked him for the promise of his daughter upon which the old man set to work to make him comfortable for the night and then went away at cock-crow he was outside calling his guest to come and have a wash and when si shan had packed up ready to go he offered to pay for his night's entertainment this however the old man refused saying i could hardly charge a stranger anything for a single meal how much less could i take money from my intended son-in-law they then separated and in about a month si shan returned but when he was a short distance from the village he met an old woman with a young lady both dressed in deep mourning as they approached he began to suspect it was a chien and the young lady after turning round to look at him pulled the old woman's sleeve and whispered something in her ear which si shan himself did not hear the old woman stopped immediately and asked if she was addressing mr c and when informed that she was she said mournfully alas my husband has been killed by the falling of a wall we are going to bury him to-day there is no one at home but please wait here and we will be back by and by they then disappeared among the trees and returning after a short absence they walked along together in the dusk of the evening the old woman complained bitterly of their lonely and helpless state and si shan himself was moved to compassion by the sight of her tears she told him that the people of the neighborhood were a bad lot and that if he thought of marrying the poor widow's daughter he had better lose no time in doing so si shan said he was willing and when they reached the house the old woman after lighting the lamp and setting food before him proceeded to speak as follows 
knowing sir that you would shortly arrive we sold all our grain except about twenty piculs we cannot take this with us so far but a mile or so to the north of the village at the first house you come to there lives a man named tan erchuan who often buys grain from me don't think it too much trouble to oblige me by taking a sack with you on your mule and proceeding thither at once tell mr tan that the old lady of the southern village has several picules of grain which she wishes to sell in order to get money for a journey and beg him to send some animals to carry it the old woman then gave him a sack of grain and si shan whipping up his mule was soon at the place and knocking at the door a great fat fellow came out to whom he told his errand emptying the sack he had brought he went back himself first and before long a couple of men arrived leading five mules the old woman took them into the granary which was a cellar below ground and si shan going down himself handed up the bags to the mother and daughter who passed them on from one to the other in a little while the men had got a load with which they went off returning altogether four times before all the grain was exhausted they then paid the old woman who kept one man and two mules and packing up her things set off towards the east after travelling some seven miles day began to break and by and by they reached a market town where the old woman hired animals and sent back tan's servant when they arrived at si shan's home he related the whole story to his parents who were very pleased at what had happened and provided separate apartments for the old lady at the same time engaging a fortune-teller to fix on a lucky day for ah chen's marriage with their son san lang the old woman prepared a handsome trousseau and as for ah chen herself she spoke but little seldom losing her temper and if any one addressed her she would only reply with a smile she employed all her time in spinning and thus became a general favorite with all alike tell your brother said she to san lang that when he happens to pass our old residence he will do well not to make any mention of my mother and myself in three or four years time the si family had made plenty of money and san lang had taken his bachelor's degree when one day si shan happened to pass a night with the people who lived next door to the house where he had met ah chen after telling them the story of his having had nowhere to sleep and taking refuge with the old man and woman his host said to him you must make a mistake sir the house you allude to belongs to my uncle but was abandoned three years ago in consequence of its being haunted 
it has now been uninhabited for a long time what old man and woman can have entertained you there si shan was very much astonished at this but did not put much faith in what he heard meanwhile his host continued for ten years no one dared enter the house however one day the back wall fell down and my uncle going to look at it found half buried underneath the ruins a large rat almost as big as a cat it was still moving and my uncle went off to call for assistance but when he got back the rat had disappeared everyone suspected some supernatural agency to be at work though on returning to the spot ten days afterwards nothing was to be either heard or seen and about a year subsequently the place was inhabited once more si shan was more than ever amazed at what he now heard and on reaching home told the family what had occurred for he feared that his brother's wife was not a human being and became rather anxious about him san lang himself continued to be much attached to a chien but by and by the other members of the family let a chien perceive that they had suspicions about her so one night she complained to san lang saying i have been a good wife to you for some years now i have become an object of contempt i pray you give me my divorce and seek for yourself some worthier mate she then burst into a flood of tears whereupon san lang said you should know my feelings by this time ever since you entered the house the family has prospered and that prosperity is entirely due to you who can say it is not so i know full well replied a chien what you feel still there are the others and i do not wish to share the fate of an autumn fan at length san lang succeeded in pacifying her but si shan could not dismiss the subject from his thoughts and gave out that he was going to get a first-rate mouser with a view to testing a chien she did not seem very frightened at this though evidently ill at ease and one night she told san lang that her mother was not very well and that he needn't come to bid her good-night as usual in the morning mother and daughter had disappeared at which san lang was greatly alarmed and sent out to look for them in every direction no traces of the fugitives could be discovered, and San Lang was overwhelmed with grief, unable either to eat or to sleep. His father and brother thought it was a lucky thing for him, and advised him to console himself with another wife. This, however, he refused to do, until about a year afterwards, nothing more having been heard of A Chien, he could not resist their importunities any longer, and bought himself a concubine. But he never ceased to think of A Chien, and some years later, 
when the prosperity of the family was on the wane they all began to regret her loss now san lang had a step-brother named lan who when travelling to chao chao on business passed a night at the house of a relative named lu he noticed that during the night sounds of weeping and lamentation proceeded from their next-door neighbors but he did not inquire the reason of it however on his way back he heard the same sounds and then asked what was the cause of such demonstrations mr lu told him that a few years ago an old widow and her daughter had come there to live and that the mother had died about a month previously leaving her child quite alone in the world lan inquired what her name was and mr lu said it was ku but added he the door is closely barred and as they never had any communication with the village i know nothing of their antecedents it's my sister-in-law cried lan in amazement and at once proceeded to knock at the door of the house some one came to the front door and said in a voice that betokened recent weeping who's there there are no men in this house lan looked through a crack and saw that the young lady really was his sister-in-law so he called out sister open the door i am your step-brother ah sui ah chien immediately opened the door and asked him in and recounted to him the whole story of her troubles your husband said lan is always thinking of you for a trifling difference you need hardly have run away so far from him he then proposed to hire a vehicle and take her home but ah chien replied i came hither with my mother to hide because i was held in contempt and should make myself ridiculous by now returning thus if i am to go back my elder brother si shan must no longer live with us otherwise i will assuredly poison myself lan then went home and told san lang who set off and travelled all night until he reached the place where ah chen was husband and wife were overjoyed to meet again and the following day san lang notified the landlord of the house where ah chen had been living now this landlord had long desired to secure ah chien as a concubine for himself and after making no claim for rent for several years he began to hint as much to her mother the old lady however refused flatly but shortly afterwards she died and then the landlord thought that he might be able to succeed at this juncture san lang arrived and the landlord sought to hamper him by putting in his claim for rent and as san lang was anything but well off at the moment it really did annoy him very much ah chien here came to the rescue showing san lang a large quantity of grain she had in the house and bidding him use it 
to settle accounts with the landlord. The latter declared he could not accept grain, but must be paid in silver. Whereupon Achien sighed, and said it was all her unfortunate self that had brought this upon them, at the same time telling San Lang of the landlord's former proposition. San Lang was very angry, and was about to take out a summons against him, when Mr. Lu interposed, and, by selling the grain in the neighborhood, managed to collect sufficient money to pay off the rent. San Lang and his wife then returned home, and the former, having explained the circumstances to his parents, separated his household from that of his brother. Achien now proceeded to build, with her own money, a granary, which was a matter of some astonishment to the family, there not being a hundred weight of grain in the place. But in about a year the granary was full, and before very long San Lang was a rich man, Si Shan remaining as poor as before. Accordingly, Achien persuaded her husband's parents to come and live with them, and made frequent presents of money to the elder brother, so that her husband said, "'Well, at any rate, you bear no malice.' "'Your brother's behavior, replied she, "'was from his regard for you. "'Had it not been for him, you and I would never have met.' After this, there were no more supernatural manifestations. End of chapter 53 Recording by J. Olpecker